Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. to the victims of the 1987 Edmonton tornado which occurred on the state 36 years ago. That is Rural Alberta Advantage Tornado 87 uh, to open up this edition of Oilers Now. Yeah, it was a very uh, traumatic day in the city of Edmonton to say the least. Bob Stoffer, along with Brendan Escott and... Uh, you can reach us on Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas. They can, after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Brendan, how you doing? Well, it's a pretty big day in the Elks land, isn't it? And one that I think a lot of people had probably suspected wasn't too far away. We'll dig into that a little later on in the show, I know. But uh, some change at the offensive coordinator position. Yeah, we'll get to that momentarily. Historically, a fairly significant day in Oilers history as well. Uh, We are going to tell you that coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, we're going to talk to NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. We believe, Brendan, that he is in... Oliver, right? Which is not too far away from Osoyoos. Is that where he's at right now? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, close enough that I'm a little bit worried. I hope that we hear some good things from where he's situated. Tough situation there in BC. Yeah. Uh, Also coming up in the second hour of the show, a man who has uh, got one of the top five books from an agency perspective in the National Hockey League. One of the most powerful agents in the business. He is based here in Edmonton from the Sports Corporation, uh, we will have Jerry Johansson in studio. We'll talk uh, to Jerry about how he got into uh, becoming an agent, uh, sort of the importance of uh, you know what agents can do for prospective clients, how the industry has changed, and it has been substantial over the last uh, uh, several years, especially with the salary cap. And uh, and now you have agencies that you know develop players. Um, so we're going to have a wide-ranging conversation with Jerry coming up, a little bit longer format style of interview. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. They have Brett Michaels live at the River Cree Saturday, September the 16th. You can get your tickets now at the RiverCreeResort.com. River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement Better. I will be missing that show. 
I will be in Penticton at the Rookie Tournament. You can also text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and Brendan at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Special shout-out at this time, uh, former uh, Edmonton uh, Investors Group EIG member Harold Rosen was kind enough to uh, invite uh, yours truly out to an event. Uh, bumped in a lot of terrific people on Saturday night, including a couple like Harold, uh, former, uh, I guess, board members of the then Edmonton S. The Edmonton Elks played Saturday night, and part of our top story is for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need. Get it with no payments and no interest for a year, that's a build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Um, the Elks, Brennan, and I heard part of your post-game show. Uh, it wasn't, there's there's no way to sugarcoat the position they're in right now. They're 0-8, 0-8 is 0-8. You are what your record says you are. Um, it's interesting because I'm of the belief that contrary to maybe some of the other haters out there, that the, the sort of consistent chance for the Oilers to be in the mix in rounds two, three, et cetera, hopefully rounds four, we're sort of at the start of it. Like, we might see this, you know, put it this way. As long as Connor and McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are here, the Oilers have got a chance to be in a championship window. Um, I was spoiled and grew up in a time in which the Edmonton Eskimos were the most dominant team in the CFL. Um, they, The Elks, this is not a pretty situation to say the least. It's... Um, you know, it sucks if you're an Edmontonian and I am and you care about the, the team and you care about some of the people that are involved. You're around it uh, more than I am. You you know, obviously, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell are down there on a day-to-day basis. There was news today. Uh, McAdoo gone as the offensive coordinator, but staying as a consultant, is that right, as Jarius Jackson gets promoted to OC? Yeah, and that was confirmed in the press conference they held about an hour and 15 minutes ago that uh, instead of, and this is the thing with the CFL and its uh, its um, football operations cap, is that if you fire him, you may as well just have him here anyway because you're paying him regardless. So I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't like the look of a lack of accountability in a sense that that demonstrates, but from the organization's perspective, I get that. Regardless, you're getting a new offer offensive coordinator. McAdoo is going to slide to a defensive advisory role, which mm. really should tell you a lot about the team's inability to move the football. Yes. Darius Jackson, we know, a former quarterback from the league. He's been the passing game coordinator. He's been the quarterback's coach of this team, and, and he's going to move um, into a different spot on the field altogether. So he'll have a different perspective as a quarterback, and he's actually going to have a different perspective himself, and hopefully be able to connect a little bit better with the quarterbacks. There's going to be a change there as well, by the way. Taylor Cornelius is, um, I think he's worked his way out of the fold and until he can fix his confidence. All right, so let's go to the Oilers Now Audio Vaults presented by Direct Workwear. Excited to announce their women's only workwear store now open, located four doors north of the Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at uh, womensworkwear.ca. So the news of the day involves the Edmonton Elks. Here's Chris Jones and Jarius Jackson on the change at offensive coordinator. Well, it's unfortunate because, again, these guys, I know how hard that our entire coaching staff works and what the, you know, and how much our team means to them. And that's unfortunate, but I understand their frustration, certainly. I mean, uh, it's not like we just get up in the morning and, and want to be in this position, but we are, you know, where we're at, and now it's uh, an opportunity for us to move forward. Well, you know, coming back from having a quarterback background, I think hopefully that, uh, you know, I can definitely get through to the quarterbacks with my play call and uh, help them with execution on the field. 
Um, you know, if I, if I decide to go up top and be in the box, then, um, you know, I can, I can be their eyes and ears from the sky as opposed to just being on the sideline. As of right now, I'm leaning to go upstairs, and, and that way, you know, I can be more comfortable, see things from uh, the all 24 as opposed to the view that I get on the sideline right now. There you go. Uh, that is uh, Chris Jones and Jarius Jackson. By the way, Brendan, you talked about that cap on management. There's a cap, a salary cap. Uh, of course, there's a players' association, so that gets negotiated in a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement between the uh, between the players and the league. Okay, is interesting that there's a salary cap on management because there's no collective bargaining apparatus for management in the league that I know of in the CFL. That's a little bit interesting. It is an interesting point, and I'll tell you what, Chris Jones, I've got the audio here, Bobby, was expressing his frustration, saying that this cap makes changes like this difficult. Uh, you know what? I mean, it's it's one of those things where you just have to look at what's best for the team. I mean, the football operations cap's not not looked on favorably by any of the organizations, and, and I do think it's hurt the quality of play across the league, but uh, you know, that's not something that that we're here to talk about. We've got to look at what we've got to do uh, personally to try to fix what we've uh, what we've got right now. All right. So yeah, it's uh, it's an issue for them. And again, it's you know, City of Champions, 1987. Uh, it was a uh, the Oilers won their third Stanley Cup in style against the Philadelphia Flyers in 86-87. I would argue to, with you, and many of the Oilers Hall of Famers might agree with me. They thought the 86-87 team might have been better than the 84-85 team. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this in 87. We opened up with Black, you know, uh, 87 Tornado, the song Tornado 87 by a rural Alberta advantage. At that time, the police chief was a guy by the name of Leroy Chawley. Leroy was my next-door neighbor. And um, I just remember, you know, him expressing to me there, were, there weren't even terms like uh, PTSD and that sort of thing, but just how brutal it was for members of our various... Uh, you know, uh, response teams out there at, at that time, and you juxtapose, uh, you know, uh, the juxtaposition of, of having something as traumatic as that was for the city, and you know, uh, the amount of uh, victims that were a result of that tornado, with the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup in, in 1987, with one of the greatest teams. I, I might say it to you, I think the best of all the Oilers teams. The 85 team was voted the number one team of all time. I think the 87 team should have been voted all time. And then the Edmonton Eskimos won the Grey Cup in the fall of 1987. That was the year that Gizmo had the wide field goal return. Jerry Cork made a field goal at the end of the game. It was an awesome year. As a, as a then 21-year-old Edmontonian, it didn't get much better than seeing the team in your town win the Stanley Cup and then the team in your town win the Grey Cup. It was pretty amazing. And it, it spoils you a bit. And, uh, you know, my hope, Brennan, my hope here is that the Elks can get the situation turned around. They are to completely, you know, in like 82, 83, I can remember going to games. Uh, I was a season ticket holder when I was in high school. I can remember going to games, and there was fifty-five to 58,000 fans at those games. I know it's a different time. I know the younger generation, I don't want to sound like an old fogey, I'm into fantasy football, too. I'm a huge NFL and NCAA junkie. You know that. Watch as much football as I do hockey in the fall. Probably more football in the fall. But I am concerned. And I'm concerned for the franchise here and the limitations that that cap has, that management cap, and frankly, the salary cap has. And I'm going to ask you this question. The quarterback plays not as good in the league as it was. 20, 25, 30 years ago. There's two other leagues directly competing against the CFL. Okay? 
Spring Football League. They're American. And there's a cap on what guys make. I think what they should do is they should have a, whatever you spend on quarterbacks, you spend on quarterbacks. How's that? Because if you don't have quarterbacks, you don't have a chance, right? Like you need, yeah, I guess the Baltimore Ravens won a Super Bowl with a very average quarterback, right? But, I mean, if you don't have a, if you don't have a pivot, like, look, at, look at the game last night. There wasn't an offensive touchdown scored. Each team had like six field goals. That's... Whereas the NFL's gone completely that you can't touch the quarterback. They've opened up the field. But a large part of this is money, Brendan. You gotta pay you gotta give those guys a reason to come to the CFL yeah. instead of staying home and playing in the spring in one of the two different leagues. Your and, thoughts. And and here's here's part of the problem, and I know this is getting a little deep into the football weeds, but when you turn when you're talking about paying college players for their name and image likeness, the NIL deals that are coming into effect, um, these guys can go ahead and make a lot of money that they don't have to come up to Canada and try and make and get some film together to get a, an NFL shot. You know, now you can make your money as a college college student and then your options are a little bit more open and the other thing is I think it's a lot more appealing when you've got options to keep your film in four down football that's what they're trying to do they can stay closer to home and they can keep it in the same rule spectrum as the NFL is where they ultimately want to be so not only is there more competition but the competition is going to help them step right into the NFL where we know there's some differences with the Canadian game. It's 1219 in Edmonton let's go to the Ashley Floors text line this text comes in uh, out of Edmonton and says the funny thing is with the Oilers and the Eskimos they've had the best teams ever assembled but they've also had the worst teams ever assembled all right this is a bad team this year the only I mean didn't the Riders in like 77 78 win like two games each season like those were pretty bad teams and in terms of the Oilers uh, to paraphrase a a member of the Colorado management team you know (laughs) Colorado's team in the 16-17 season, that was they had a worse record that year by a mile than any of the Oiler teams ever did. So just like Edmonton, Edmonton was rebuilding. The rebuild took too long. That was not the plan. Yes, you would have hoped for more traction. But the reality, I, I, I don't think there's any question that we were privileged to watch five Stanley Cups in seven years over the last 40 years. Okay, so going back to 1983, and you could say, well, the Islanders won four. Stan Fischler does this all the time. The Islanders were a better dynasty. They won four cups. What was it, 19 straight playoff series or something like that? And I'm like, yeah, but the Oilers revolutionized the game. Okay, They were the most electrifying, exciting team in NHL history. And they won five cups in seven years. And it might be tougher for teams out west to win than teams in the east because of travel. Maybe that's a factor. Maybe that's an excuse. I don't know. But I don't think the Oilers hit the depth of, like, is Brendan, are you are you concerned about like, and I care about the football pro. To me, the football, pro, in the entire community has been a little bit disjointed. We have two junior teams, the Huskies and the Wildcats. Why don't we just have one team? And then we have the Golden Bears, who haven't won more than four games in a season, without being given free wins when teams have been played with ineligible players. I don't think they've won more than four games in a year since I was the SID at the school. Which was back, you know, 2005. They went seven and one in back-to-back years. It, I, there needs the, the football community needs to come together. But I, I, I do sense with hockey, there's a little bit now. The Oilers own the Oil Kings. There's a cyclical nature unless you're really cheating in junior. So I don't know. 
I just don't think that there's been... Have the Oilers had an 0-8 first half of the season? This is what I was trying to put in perspective in the post-game show. Maybe even maybe even after I got off the airs, I was trying to process everything. You know, it's it's eight games, and 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 there's still plenty of season left. If if they were to turn it around right now, they could still have a winning record, and that's I mean that's obviously not going to happen. But the point is that they've lost for two consecutive months, and that dates back to last season where they've actually lost now twelve consecutive games. And if you go back to their last fifty regular season games, Bob, let's go to forty nine. They're nine and forty. Yeah, that's so not it's good. not like they're just losing at home. They aren't winning football games, period, this for te- like three years. This text comes to us from Ray. He says, Bob, bury the Elks. They're dead. They have been since the name change. They could go 8-0, and oh, and I wouldn't care, says Ray. But the best duo question from last week's show with the Eskimos was Warren Moon and Brian Kelly. So obviously, Ray's an old school Eskimos fan. I, I I certainly hear the comments about the name change a lot, and I, I think it ain't going back. Deal with it, uh, Bob. We have three junior teams in Edmonton: the Wildcats, the Huskies, and the Elks. Well, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Uh, yeah, it's. Bob, did you sustain a head injury over the weekend from Liam? Uh, not that I know of. Let me know if you think that's the, that's kind of an odd question to... Uh, no, I did not. But uh, thanks. Thanks for the love, man. Is he, is he upset because I'm talking about football? It's kind of a story today. Uh, Oilers fan forever says, Hey, Bob, I'd like your opinion. I'd like to see Trey Ford given a chance for a few games. What are your thoughts? And that comes to us from Oiler, Oil fan forever. Brendan, we'll start with you. Trey Ford. Listen, there is uh, there's a reason he hasn't been on the field. Okay, if he was truly the best avenue to a win, he would have been. Uh, this goes back to training camp where there there wasn't necessarily a commitment to the game, and uh, so okay, we're working on that piece by piece. And I think what this really is about is Ford is is such a mobile guy that the coaching staff sees him as more than just a quarterback. I don't know that Trey Ford's willing to commit himself to being more than just a quarterback yet I think he wants to be the guy under center and now he's going to get an opportunity to but the reality of the matter that we've picked up over the last couple of weeks is he was not playing playing well enough to have earned starters reps did you see the Kyle Oxley uh quick hitch for a 75 yard touchdown this week of course you knew, you knew that had to happen of course well here's the thing is he shows up in Hamilton and he's not wearing a quarterback's number he's wearing number 89 he's right. a receiver and look what happened there you go. All right. It is uh, 1225 in Edmonton. Oh, the chiseler out of Las Vegas just made me laugh. Bob, along with the Oilers and the, El- the Eskimos hoist in circa 1987, I know there was another highlight in the spring of that year. Just a thought. Okay. So uh, it's 1225 in Edmonton. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history. All right. Uh, 1227 in Edmonton. The Zach Hyman Golf Tournament is taking place currently in Toronto. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl spotted together in the tournament. It's always a good thing. Uh, we are going to head back in. We'll save NHL today for about uh, 12.54, 12.55 today. We're going to go back into the Ashley Five Floors text line. The Fizzler says, Bob, the Elks went uh, the Elks went woke, then they went broke. A tale as old as time. 
And P.S., the Edmonton Oilers have been rebuilding since 1991. It's time to win. Have they really been rebuilding the last couple of years? Woke wasn't a term in a tale as old as time. Woke's a new term, so it can't Is possibly it be from nice, a tale as old as time. Nicely done on your part. I Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, this one comes in from Kev. He says, Bob and Brendan, people don't think the name change affected the team, but it did take the aura and the mystique out of the team both on and off the field as there's definitely a different atmosphere in the stands. Bob, I agree with you. The team's in trouble. Seriously, they won't be able to give away free tickets next year. Look forward to the show. Well, I want to see them be successful. Let's just establish right now. Uh, I'm just saying they need to come up with solutions to make the league better. And I think they should just... If you have quarterbacks, you have a chance. Like, think of... For those of you that were privileged enough, like me, that watched the progression go from Warren Moon to Matt Dunnigan, Damon Allen, and then Tracy Hamm. We had a hell of a ride here. And you could even predate Warren Moon with Tom Wilkinson and Bruce Limmerman. You got quarterbacks, you got a chance. So maybe the league needs to give a little bit more creative flexibility to organizations. Is that... Is that too unrealistic, Brendan? No, I really like the uh, the no money limit on quarterbacks idea because the development idea is already in place. They've got the internship program. They're working with U sports schools. Eli Hetlinger spent camp, for example, with the Edmonton Elks, but you know he's a few years away. So how do you have something for the here and now? Well, maybe you make that a salary cap exempt position. Yeah. Final word goes to uh, Simon from Edmonton. Bob, on Friday's show, you were talking about horror movies. You didn't read my text I sent on Friday, so I'm sending it again so you can read it today. The scariest horror show I've watched has been the Edmonton Elks over the past couple of seasons. Oh, you knew that was coming. Uh, from Simon. Hey, we're all hoping it gets better. We're talking about it. And here's the thing. you got to suck it up. I used to say this to the coaches. That the, Don Horwood always got this. They talk about you when you, you win, and they talk about you when they lose. Like, we actually had a couple coaches at the U of A when I started there in 99 saying, I don't want you to call the scores in when we lose. I'm like, what? No, no, no. We're calling the score when you win and lose. We're talking about the team when you win or lose. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn back with John Shannon. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.